Hey, Rebel, are you selfish? Did I just make you cringe? Because we, especially we women, are raised to always put other people first, to give freely of ourselves, to give until it hurts. And I want to let you in on a little secret. All of that is bullshit, and it's going to put you on a path of burnout. And one of the ways I've been creating an uprising in my own business is by embracing the mantra, do less, have more. Each week in my business, I sit down on Monday and I set my top three priorities. And one of those three priorities is always rest. Rest for 30 minutes each day. And that can look like a nap. And other days, it's reading a super trashy Kindle Unlimited book. I've been really into these psychic witches who solve crime. And yes, that's a whole genre on Kindle. (laughs) Doing this means that I need to reclaim selfishness and have amazing boundaries with myself, my clients, my husband, and even my cats. And my guest today on the pod is an expert on boundaries. Her name is Nancy Levin. And trust me, she wasn't always this way. She's a high achiever and her people pleasing ways meant she needed an uprising in her own life and her own career to become a boundary badass. I'm so pleased that she's on the show because she's here to give us a masterclass in boundaries. So a little bit about Nancy. Nancy Levin teaches you how to become a boundary badass by making yourself a priority and setting boundaries that stick. She's a master life coach, radio host, and best-selling author of five books. During the 12 years Nancy was the event director at Hay House, she produced more than 1,000 events. Nancy continues to teach at the Hay House Writers Workshop and recently launched Levin Life Coach Academy. As you listen to the podcast, ask yourself, where are you not making yourself a priority? How is that impacting your business? And ask yourself, what's one boundary you can set with yourself or another person to reclaim your own selfishness? Then go ahead, find me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Michelle Mazer and DM me with your biggest takeaway. Enjoy the show. I can't wait to hear what you think. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to trailblazing, rule-breaking business owners who want to reach more people, make a bigger impact and earn more money by growing their business into a movement. And I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur, the instigator and creator of The Three Word Rebellion. Let's do this. Welcome, Nancy, to the Rebel Rising podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Thanks, Michelle. I am really excited to be here with you, too. Yes. So why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself before we dive in? Sure. So after over a decade of being the event director at Hay House Publishing, which essentially meant that I was touring our authors around the world, producing many events a year, sometimes spending over 200 days on the road a year. I and and it was really my dream job. I went through my own earth-shattering crisis that 
turned out to be uh, blowing up my marriage. And I then discovered that I actually have a whole other purpose for being here. And so I went on, uh, I went on an inner journey that turned into embarking upon a coaching certification and training that led me to then leave my job at Hay House, leave my corporate job to go out on my own and become a master coach, teacher, trainer, speaker. Uh, I've now written five books. My latest book is called Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. And I am really all about helping overachieving people pleasers make themselves a priority and set boundaries that stick. Yes. And the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because there are so many people in my audience, including myself. I'm going to raise my hand here and say, yes, this is me because I <laughs> mm-hmm. am an overachieving people pleaser who have issues with setting boundaries. And what I loved about your book is you open with this amazing story about <laughs> Wayne Dyer and how you flew <laughs> back to Atlanta to get his briefcase because he left it in a van so that he could mm-hmm. have it for an event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just this insane thing you did. Like he didn't even ask you to do it. Yeah. And you know, I really was at that time in my life, I was a couple of things. I was first of all, presenting and projecting an image of perfection to the world. I was managing the perceptions of others. So I really only wanted to be seen through the lens that I gave people to see me through. Mm -hmm. And I was all about external validation. So I spent my life chasing gold stars. And the truth of the matter is that no gold stars will ever be enough to fill the void that we're feeling inside of ourselves because every single thing we're seeking externally needs to be resolved internally first. So I was priding myself on being this, you know, superhuman, superwoman, you know, I can do anything, I will do anything. And I would I was the kind of person who would really do whatever it takes. But the truth of the matter is when we do whatever it takes, it uh, takes a really high toll. Yes. So this sets us up really well for our first question. So tell me, what are you rebelling against? Hmm. I am rebelling against putting everyone else's needs ahead of ours. Mm. And can you tell me why? (laughs) Yeah. You know, we, you know, in my own personal situation, uh, coming, especially coming from uh, an abusive marriage where, I essentially sublimated all my wants and needs and desires in order to serve all of his and in order to keep the peace. You know, this is the other thing about the people pleasing and and the overachieving is that we're peacekeepers and Mm -hmm. we are conflict avoiders and we are not rock the boaters. And so what happens is we have this idea that harmony in relationship is the goal. And we will, we will, you know, we want harmony at all costs. And like I was saying before, um, when we do whatever it takes at, at any cost, it comes at a, you know, it takes a high toll on us and takes a, takes a cost, you know, it costs a lot when we, when yeah. we do whatever it takes. And so this idea of living an other reference life and abandoning ourselves for the sake of others 
uh, I actually, this is what I'm rebelling against. So I'm really, the invitation here is about, is to begin considering ourselves as much as, and really ultimately more than we consider others. Yeah. And so right before we went, started recording this, you mentioned that you did a Facebook live around this for business owners. So how do you see this showing up in like business owners' lives? Yeah. I mean, I really see uh, that it shows up with, first of all, not being clear in agreements with clients, mm-hmm. taking, taking on clients who are not a good fit, so in other words, it's really at the baseline saying yes when you want to say no. And that's, yes. a, that's a really core element of people pleasing and a really core element of boundary setting, recognizing where your yeses are coming from and where your no's are coming from, because ultimately you have to find your honest, authentic no in order to free your true yes. And most of us are saying yes from that knee-jerk place of responsibility or obligation or we want to be needed or we don't want someone else to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that if we're saying yes from any of those places, it's really a no. Yes is about desire. The other thing about us you know, people pleasers and peacekeepers is we're, not, we're really disconnected from our own desire because we are getting off on pleasing other people. So we have essentially put our worth and value in our achievements, our productivity, and what we do. And so we're essentially hitching our worthiness to someone else's wagon. And wow. So, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot to unpack there because yes. it's, we don't know what we desire and there's a worthiness issue. Mm-hmm. Like we're not worthy of our desires, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so when, you know, when we're looking at this from the way that we run our businesses, like I was saying, you know, it's like we say yes to clients we want to say no to. We work outside the bounds of, of time and space. So, you know, we or we don't even set any bound boundaries around time and space. Mm-hmm. And we essentially teach people how to treat us. And so if, you know, if I, if I say I'm not going to work on Fridays and then I start answering the phone and responding to emails, I'm just teaching people that I'm, you know, I'm full of BS. <laughs> yes. And so I'm really a big advocate of getting really clear about the agreements we make with ourselves and with each other. And then Mm -hmm. adhering to those agreements and always looking at what does it take because, you know, as we're talking about boundaries, I think I should just insert here that I define a boundary as a limit that I set around what I will or will not do, will or will not accept, will or will not tolerate. So it's my clarification around what's okay and what's not okay for me. Yes. I know for me, when I first started my business, especially that I had to set a boundary around that I can't want a result more than my client wanted a result. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because I think when you are that super woman willing to do what it takes, that overachiever, that it's easy to want to do the work for your client, which 
by the way, it never works. <laughs> right. Anyone listening who is doing that, like trying to get a result for your client, that never, ever works. But I think you're like, oh, they paid me this money and oh, I can't possibly say no. So I'm going to do this work for them. And it's like, no, that's not what you're paying me for. Exactly. And, and that's the piece too, getting really clear as we're running our business, you know, around being realistic about what we are charging. Most, most people undercharge mm -hmm. and most people underestimate the time it will take to complete a task mm. or a project. So getting really realistic around how long something's going to take and then charging accordingly because when we don't do this, when we, when we don't charge enough and when it takes more time than we originally anticipate, it is a breeding ground for resentment. And yes. resentment is the number one telltale sign that a boundary needs to be put into place. That is very true. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Because as soon as you start seeing a client's name on your uh, roster and you're like, I don't want to talk to so-and-so today or this right. week or this month. <laughs> Right. And what's happening is ultimately, and this is really a, an important point I want to make, what's really happening is you're dreading something because you have crossed your own boundaries by even mm -hmm. taking this on. And, you know, the biggest myth around boundaries is that other people cross our boundaries. So I can't tell you how many times a client has come to me and said some version of, I tried to set a boundary, but he or she kept crossing it. And what I really want to get across is that if our boundaries are being crossed, we are the ones crossing them. So we are enabling or allowing others to cross our boundary, or we are blatantly crossing our own boundary by not maintaining it. Yes. And one of the things that I've learned about myself is like when I work with clients, I tend to be very generous with my time because I'll be in conversation with them around their messaging. And yeah, we might be at the top of the hour and the session needs to end, but we're in the middle of something and I don't want to necessarily stop. So I had to learn I need to price my sessions appropriately and right. give myself enough time in between sessions so that if we go over, it's okay. And that was the way I had to manage the boundary of time because those were the things I knew about myself. And so that way I didn't feel like a boundary was getting crossed because I knew I could be generous and still be compensated. And I think learning that about yourself it helps in setting the boundaries so that if you're like, no, my sessions are 60 minutes, then you're responsible for right. enforcing that. But if you want to be generous with your time, then... And if your sessions are 60 minutes, but if it's okay for you to go over, then create the buffer price appropriately so exactly. that you can allow that generosity. Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> All right. So what change do you want to create in the world with your boundary work? I want, I'm really on a bandwagon to uh, create the change around reclaiming selfishness. Hmm because most of us have disowned this quality and we would rather die than own up to being selfish or be called selfish. 
And I really look at selfish self-care and self-love as three sisters whose job it is to support us in honoring ourselves. So again, back to this, you know, back to this idea of how do we start considering ourselves first mm. instead of considering someone else first. And we are so not trained to do that, especially we women. <laughs> we are not trained to do this. This is really turning a ship around. And, you know, this is something that, I mean, I lived my life the opposite way, other referenced, taking everyone else into account first, doing for everyone else, depriving myself for decades. Mm. And it's really only been in the last 10 years of my life. And then I would even go so far as to say maybe in the last five years of my life that I've really been able to shift this. Wow. So how do you begin to shift this and reclaim selfishness? Because honestly, I was hoping somebody would claim this as a rebellion for ages. Ah. Something that, well, it's funny because I dance around this idea a lot in the work I do with clients because it's, it's a recurring theme that comes up with a lot of my clients, but nobody wants to be so bold to be like, reclaim selfishness. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I know I wrote this blog um, a couple of years ago. I think that's that said I'm the I'm the most selfish woman in the world. That was the title <laughs> of the blog. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. <laughs> so, how can we start? Like, what are some yeah. of the first steps yeah. that we can initially take? Great. So. The first, this all begins with preference and desire. And as I was saying before, most of us really don't even know what we want. And so we just immediately default to what someone else wants. We acquiesce, we compromise. And again, all of that is brooding ground for resentment. So if we start even with something small, I mean, think about what happens. This is sort of the natural response when someone says, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? And then we respond, I don't care. What do you want? Right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's the natural response. (laughs) Very rarely do we pipe in with, I want sushi. Mm -hmm. Right? But that's, that's actually the direction I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to point us in. So instead of the knee jerk responses or instead of the acquiescing or instead of the default to actually start building in some space, build in a pause so that I can reflect and I can actually ask myself the question, huh, what do I really want tonight for dinner? Okay. I want sushi. So then I'm going to say, Hey, I want sushi tonight. And now you might want Italian, but at least we're going to be able to come to a collaborative conversation. And maybe we decide to go for sushi tonight in Italian next week or vice versa, or maybe you hate sushi, but I will feel far less resentful if I express my desire. Mm -hmm. And so this can show up, we can take really, and and I, I purposefully in the book and in my coaching around this take very I'm, I really want to start with low stakes. Yeah. So it might even be around being in a restaurant and, you know, the music's too loud. And asking the waiter, hey, you know, we're trying to have a conversation. Can you see if the music can get lowered? Yes. Or being in, or, you know, it's, it's freezing in the restaurant. Can you see about putting the heat up? Or 
you know, one of my favorites is like being in my, like a waiting room and the TV's like blaring, you know, and asking, can, you know, can we turn the TV down or off? You know, little, it, even just tiny things like that where the stakes are so low, but you'd be surprised how many times we don't, like even in that regard, we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience anyone by asking. Right, exactly. Or even, you know, like I'm the queen of this, but it was funny. I had a friend the other day text me to tell me she did it finally. She sat down at a restaurant, had already got the waters, they got the menus. And then she was like, you know what? There's nothing on this menu I want. And she had to battle in her head of, oh my God, am I, am I really going to get up? Or am I really going to sit here and eat something I don't want? And she like said she had three rounds of this in her brain before she finally got up and went to the hostess and said, you know what? Basically, this is not my jam. What, here's what I'm really wanting. And the, waitre- the hostess ended up giving her a suggestion of like a <laughs> restaurant nearby. You know, but these are the kinds of ways where we, we actually are overstepping our boundaries. We're overstepping our needs. We're overstepping our desires. And we're just, we're stuffing it down. We're sucking it up. And again, these are low stakes, but it's yeah. a place to begin. I love that because I do think there are so many times where I'm just like, oh, I mean, even like mine is always on the airplane. Like if I'm stuck in the window seat, I always like the aisle. Like if I have to use the restroom, I don't want to bother the people next to me (laughs) to get up, even though it's not really that much of a bother. They kind of expect that you're going to have to on a four hour flight, you're going to have to get up to go to the bathroom at some point. But we go through that in our head, like, ooh, can I wait a little bit longer? Because what if I have to go again? (laughs) It's so true. And it's really funny because I always sit in an aisle and inevitably the window seat or the middle seat person will have to get up to go to the bathroom and then they'll apologize profusely. Yes. And that's another thing. Our boundaries and our limits and our needs don't need apology or wrapped around them. And even our no, I mean, this is a whole, you know, the, the conversation about saying no, to be able to say no with grace and gratitude and not from a place of guilt and excuses. Yes. And that is so hard of like saying no. And I, I mean, for me, I get invited to do a lot of like virtual online summits and yes. I have a lot of ethical issues with how they're done, like the mm-hmm. list size and sometimes yeah. it doesn't have the diversity that I would like to see in it. Mm-hmm. And so I pretty much, unless I know the person running it, yeah. um, I'm a no, like yeah. I'm just a no. And I get one of those and I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> but it's just a no. And I just write back and I say, no, I'm not interested. That's it. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah. And it, but that's the thing. That's the point that I want to make is that it can be that clean. It doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. a song and a dance. It doesn't need to be a story. It doesn't even need to be an apology. It doesn't need to be an excuse or a reason. It can simply be, no, I'm not interested. No, I'm not available. Whatever it is. Yes. Yes to saying no simply and saying no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about saying no. Well, and I even think when you have a client that's not, or a potential client that's not a good fit and you're in the sales process and you realize that, oh, I thought this person was going to be a good fit and they're not. Right. Because so many times, you know, it's so interesting and especially again as women, we forget that we get to pick and choose. 
We want to be chosen and picked. Yes. So even when we're in a conversation with, with a potential client, we can get so caught up in they, they want me, they chose me, that we forget that it's a two-way conversation. I'm seeing if I want to choose you also. Yes. And then I think we also get caught up in the scarcity of like, oh, what if I never get another client again? And it's like, yeah. that's probably yeah. not true. <laughs> right. But, it, but it's what drives so many. That poverty mindset is what drives so many to say yes when we should say no. And then, you know, there's the saying, give up good for great. Yes. Sometimes we need to do that. We need to give up what might just be good for what will be great. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's so important for everyone to hear. It's like if they don't feel like the right fit for your work and you're starting to have some real, even just yellow flags, not even the red flags, (laughs) it can be a no. And I think sometimes we forget that we're also auditioning people to work with us Mm -hmm. as much as they are auditioning us. That's right. So... All right. One last question for you. And this one's always a doozy, but if everyone acted on your message, if they started to reclaim selfishness, what would the world be like? Hmm, I love this. You know, the world would be full of people feeling free, not feeling worried, not feeling anxious, not feeling obsessive. (laughs) The world would be a, col- a collective of us all living in, ali- living in alignment with our truth and expressing ourselves from that place. Yes. And business would be less stressful. <laughs> it would because we would, we would no longer be wearing the mask and the cape and we would no longer trying to, we would no longer be doing things to buy love or to buy attention or to ingratiate ourselves, we would simply be able to have connection and intimacy and trust because we're living in alignment with our truth. Mm, Yes. I love it. I love it. So Nancy, tell everyone where they can find you online. My website is nancylevin.com. Everything is there. So everything about my, you know, coaching programs, my coach training program, my books, all the things, my social media, so nancylevin.com. Yes, and do check out Nancy's latest book on boundaries. It is amazing, so you can stop chasing gold stars, stop trying to get your clients' results when they don't want to go after those results themselves, because that's the biggest lesson you can ever learn in your business. I am so glad you were here on the Rebel Rising podcast podcast to uh, give us some of these lessons because this is some of the most important stuff that people can ever do in their business. Yes. So thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazer.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser.